So we are continuing our organic outreach sermon series that's going to take us uh, all the way till uh, about Christmas time. So um, while we get into that, I got to pull up my slides here. So we can go to the next one while I'm doing this. There we go. Okay, so what is organic outreach all about? Okay, whoops, I went too far. Organic outreach is all about living the kind of life that naturally draws people to Jesus. It involves speaking the kinds of words that you would use in ordinary conversations that reveal the presence of a loving God. It means loving people in a way that's genuine. And then there in green, organic outreach is all about sharing our faith in a way that is authentic, real, and feels natural to the people around us. Remember, we've been talking about we share about the things that are important to us. Okay, when people start talking uh, about something that's important to them that, that is part of our interest, we, we chime right in with what we want, okay? Uh, we may have some uh, University of Michigan fans here that if people start talking about football, you want to let them know how you thumped on Penn State yesterday, right? Okay, anybody? Do we have any of you? Okay, I see some M's out here, okay? Some of you are wearing that, okay? Okay, I'm a Spartan fan, and we haven't done that well this year, but we won yesterday, okay? So... So we talk about the things that are important to us, okay, the things that matter to us. And so the idea of organic outreach is, hey, as Christians, our, like Jesus is our life. Like he's everything to us. And so our faith can and should show up in natural ways as we interact with people around us. And so this whole sermon series is about how do we intentionally do that? Paul said, right, I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might win some. You see, I believe that as you pray, God, will you give me opportunities? As you pray for the people we've talked about, as you keep your eyes open, Holy Spirit, show me. God is going to bring people in your path that you can have spiritual conversations with, that you can share your faith, okay? And why do I know this, okay? Because it's happening, okay? My wife and I were able to talk to some people yesterday at a soccer game, okay? And as we, and I'm not saying to be like, oh, look at us, but as we are intentionally focused about it and praying about it, God will bring people, okay? Even one guy that we just kind of passed, and she must have talked to him the week before about something because she knew who he was, and he and I talked for about 10 or 15 minutes just about how crazy the world is. And it gave me an opportunity to say, hey, like, in the, in the craziness of the world, all these things on the news and everything you're talking about, like, what, what gives you hope? Like, how do you get through it? And he's like, I don't know. It's kind of depressing. And I was like, yeah. And I said, for me, like, I know Jesus. And that's what gives me hope. And he was able to reflect some on, on his faith that he has. And, 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 but it was just an opportunity that I wasn't even necessarily, I, I wouldn't have been expecting before, but as God is saying, hey, let's, let's look at this, let's do this, let, let's be intentional about this, God brings it up, and God will do that for you as well. I know that he will. So, uh, what are we talking about today? Okay, here's our main theme verse for today. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, okay? It says, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Okay, we covered this uh, a handful of weeks ago when we were going through the book of 1 Peter, okay? But this is what Peter is saying. Look, and this is what he, what what. I think God's saying to us here at Skiff Lake Bible Church, okay, in your hearts, in your, in your heart of hearts, in what you believe, set apart Christ as Lord. Like he's your Lord, he's your Savior. And because of that, always be prepared to give an answer. So how often are we supposed to be prepared? 
Always. Okay. Now, that doesn't have to be some like scary, crazy thing. Okay. Because the things that are important to us show up in our lives. So always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, why do you have the hope that you have? In the midst of the craziness of this world, in the midst of wondering, like, what's going to happen after the election or what's happening over here? Like, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens around the world. It doesn't matter what happens here in the United States. Christ is my anchor. That's it. He's my foundation and he's the one that anchors me right to the cross. Why do we have this hope? We want to be ready to share that. So today we're going to talk about the ways that we become prepared to share that hope. And the first thing, okay, we've kind of got two parts to this sermon. If we want to be ready to share the answer to our hope, we have to rely on the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The last couple of weeks we've been talking about some of the things that we can do, uh, but we're talking about what is God's role, what is the Holy Spirit's role in us being ready to share our faith. Let's look in the book of, of Acts real quick. The work of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Acts chapter 1, Jesus said this, You will receive power when? What does it say up there? When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. So he didn't say you're going to be my witnesses, my ambassadors, my missionaries, and then you'll receive power. He says, look, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going to receive power. Then you'll be witnesses here, there, over there and throughout all the earth. And then we see that that happened in Acts chapter two. Okay, when the Holy Spirit came on them. Uh, But but it wasn't just like that happened there. Then in Acts chapter four, they prayed the place where their meeting was shaken. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God Boldly. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus, this, this is an awesome thing. It's not just heaven one day, right? Now, that's, that's going to be awesome, right? I love Brandon sharing about the Malayali. Like, I, I love hearing people's, I love hearing the gospel described in other languages because it deepens it, right? The road cutter. Like, yeah, that's what he did. That's what it means to be that mediator. Like, he blazed the trail for us and, and it enlarges our understanding of the gospel. But, Right here, as a Christian, God's Spirit lives inside you and me. We have the power of the Spirit. We have the power we need to be witnesses. We have the power we need to live for God. And so if we want to be effective in reaching out to those around us, be effective ambassadors and missionaries, then we need to realize that we can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we're called to sow seeds, right? Tell the gospel. We're called to be a salt and the light. But here's something we need to understand. You're not going to save anybody. You're not going to change their life. That's not your job. You sow the seed. You be a light. You be salt. God is the one who changes lives. God is the one who causes growth to happen. We we see this in the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul says, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So look, it is, it is the Holy Spirit's role to create the growth. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. Now, does he use us? Yes, because God wants our life to be about planting seed, about watering seed, about being a salt. Salt makes people thirsty, Right? Salt preserves things. That as we live our life, we're pointing people to Jesus Christ and that we're a light that points them to the one who is the light of the world. But here's what we have to realize. It is God who is doing the work within people. So what does that mean for you and for me? Well, let's look a little bit at the example of Jesus Christ. Okay? In the, in the book of Luke, Jesus says this. 
Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So he says, look, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And and that is what I'm walking in to do the ministry that that I'm called to do right here as being the, the savior of the world. And then he says this in John chapter five. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do, only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. You see, I think as we look at Jesus' life and ministry, like, yes, Jesus is God in the flesh, okay? Son of God. But it's like in that taking on human flesh, he's submitting to the father. And where the father is working and moving by the spirit, that's where Jesus is going. And where the Father is working and moving, that's where Jesus is going. And that's what God wants for you and for me. You see, it's the Holy Spirit who's working and moving. And God wants to use us to do that work. And so God will bring you and other people together that if you're ready to share the gospel, you're ready to share Jesus, you're ready to share spiritual conversations, God's going to bring that together. We can trust him to do that as we seek to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, if it's not up to us to save people, okay, if it's not up to us to cause growth, then, then, then what are we supposed to do? And we're going to get to that in a little bit, but, but here's, here's something I want to point out. The reality that it's the Holy Spirit's work doesn't diminish our part. It puts it in perspective. It shows us the importance of praying. Those five people we put on that, that card that we had, are we still praying for them? If not, I challenge you, Start it back up. If you are, keep going. Because you want to say, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to work in the life of this person. That you will orchestrate events in their life that they see their need of a Savior. Or that they realize that that you love them so much that you can forgive their sin. The things that you know about them that they need. To be praying about that. Asking God to work and move and say, God, when the time is right, will you bring me and them together where I can share about you to them. And you know what? I think God will do that when we're praying and when we're asking. It also gives us some freedom because guess what? You're never the first witness. You're never the first witness. And guess what? You're also never the last witness. When you're going throughout your life and you're talking to people, God's spirit is the one who goes before you. God's spirit is the one who follows up after you. You're never the first witness. You're never the, the last witness. I think that gives us freedom and boldness. Because we know God has gone before us. And we know that if we don't say everything exactly how we want to, we know God is the one who goes behind us. And we also know that God is orchestrating other Christians too. It's not just up to you and me. We're all in this together. It also gives us a freedom because guess what? It's not your role to convict people of sin. It's not our role to convict people of sin. It's the Holy Spirit's role to convict them of their sin, that their sin is wrong. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Part of the Holy Spirit's role is to open people's eyes that they see that they are not good enough. It's not your job to do that. Now, you can talk about how you know you're not good enough. You know that our sins separate us from God, but we don't have to be, hey, in this, in this, God's going to work in them. And I think that gives us freedom to share the good news, to share that I'm in desperate need of a sinner, of a savior. You're in desperate need of a savior. And we can trust that God's the one who's working inside them to convict them of their sin, to convict them of their guilt, and to show them that they are not righteous before God. And we can trust that God will do that as we seek to live out the gospel. That the Holy Spirit's going to do his work. 
and we are given the task and the responsibility to partner with him. So how, how does knowing that the Spirit is the one who is working in us, how, how does that help us? So how do we do that? If we want to be ready to share our faith, here's, here's the main point from this first part of the sermon. If you want the Holy Spirit to lead you, then we've got to be walking in step with the Spirit, right? If we want to be effective in sharing our faith, it's about getting into God's Word and letting God's Word getting into us. It's about spending time with our Savior in prayer. It's about rubbing shoulders with other Christians and encouraging one another. It's, it's doing those things that help us grow in our faith and connect us to the Savior because when we do that, then we're able to walk with Him and see where He's working and where He's moving. You see, we don't have to go try to knock down a wall when the door is open over there when God's leading us in that way. You see, the Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide us. The last things that I want to share about the power of the Holy Spirit is that uh, the Spirit answers some of our what-if questions, okay? If you're like me, maybe some of these questions come in your mind. What if I lack the power to reach out effectively? Anybody ever felt that? Like, I don't feel equipped. What if I'm not equipped? What if I don't have the power? What if I don't have the words? Well, guess what? You don't. It's okay. You don't have the power to do it. But you're not on your own. The Spirit of God is within you. And He wants to give you words to speak. And He wants to be there with you. He wants to go before you to prepare the way. And He wants to go behind you to help finish up what is lacking. It's okay to feel like you don't have the power. Because guess what? You don't in yourself. But you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. The next one. What if I don't know what to do next? Where does this conversation need to go? Where, who, who should I talk to? Okay, let's not let paralysis of not knowing what to say or where to go or what to do next stop us from just doing the thing that's right in front of us. You know, we could look in, in Scripture, different times in Scripture, where God, by his Spirit, guided the apostles in their missionary journeys. Paul tried to go over here and over here and over here and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him. We don't know what happened. We don't know if he like was going there and he just got stopped or, or something. But God wouldn't let him go there. And then he had a dream of a man from Macedonia say, hey, come to us. We need the gospel. And so he's like, that must be how God's leading. Now we see Philip, okay? Like uh, God told Philip, go down this road, walk down that way. And Philip's like, okay. And he did. And that's where he meets the Ethiopian eunuch that he... he is able to share the gospel with this man who's reading from the book of Isaiah, and this man takes it back to the continent of Africa. Peter and Cornelius, okay, this is where we get the cool thing that Peter has this dream that God's preparing him to go to preach the gospel to the Gentiles for the very first time. And Cornelius, an angel appears to him. You see, we may not get these as supernatural as these things happening, but I think these are examples of, look, God will lead and guide us. He'll bring people into our path. He'll bring opportunities for us to share our faith as we're walking in and with him. He's going to do that. We don't have to worry so much about it. We seek to live our faith in front of God, in front of the world, and let his spirit flow through us, and he'll lead us, and he'll guide us, and he'll bring people into our path. And the question is, what do we do then? That's the second part of the sermon. The last question that the Holy Spirit's role can help answer what if I come under the enemy's attack? Anybody ever thought that? Like, okay, if I really start trying to share my faith, what if things get really hard? Anybody ever thought that before? Well, here's the answer. It's not what if. It's when. Okay, I, I love to play sports, okay? And there were some times where we'd be playing sports and the person that I'm guarding, I knew he wasn't much of a threat. 
Okay, nothing against the guy I was guarding. I just knew he was not their main scorer. He wasn't somebody that was that he wasn't their main guy. So what I could do is when I was guarding him, I could kind of cheat off of him on the other person. Sometimes we live our spiritual life that way, I think. Satan may look at us and doesn't think we're much of a threat. But when we start to take our faith seriously in different ways and we start to try to grow in the word and we start to try to uh, get into Satan's territory, so to speak, and, and, and share the gospel with others, I, I don't think it's if there's hard things or if there's enemy attack. I just think it's when. And I, I think that's a good thing. There was times in, in high school where they had two or three guys guarding me and I hated it, okay? But it just meant, okay, you can ask Carl, okay, he had a scout for me, he's downstairs, okay? That's how, I, that's how Carl met me through basketball at, uh, against Jackson Christian, okay? But when Satan sees that we're doing things and we're a threat to him, then it's okay for us to expect there's going to be spiritual warfare. There's going to be things that are hard. And that's okay. Why is it Okay. We live in a battle. We live in a, in a spiritual battle. Satan will fight against us, okay? But we know the truth of God's word. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. One of the examples we see in scripture, Paul is on his first missionary journey and he's trying to share his faith with one of the government leaders. And this government leader, there's this sorcerer that's just trying to, trying to keep the gospel from getting planted in this guy's mind. And Paul looks at him and says, you are a child of the devil. You're going to walk around blind. And immediately he becomes blind. And the magistrate was, he realized, wow, there is really power here in this gospel. You see, Satan may come against us, but he has no power against God. We don't have to fear that. But also when we realize that there's going to be some, there's going to be spiritual warfare. When things get hard, we don't have to be like, oh, what's going on? We just say, okay, yeah, you're trying to guard me now. We're still going to win because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So we realize that we are in a spiritual battle and we can allow God's spirit to do the fighting through us. We're instructed to put on the full armor of God. And we're not, this could be a whole sermon, but we're not going to get it. Okay, it's God's truth that we put on. It's God's righteousness that's given to us. It's a readiness that comes because of the truth of his gospel, the gospel of peace. It's God's faithfulness. It's God's salvation. It's God's word. Those are the weapons we fight with. They come from God because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And when we want to get through the, the, the spiritual warfare that, that often is around of sharing our faith, James says this, submit yourselves to God. Seek to follow the, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Resist the devil, stand against him, and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you're double-minded. He says, look, if you want Satan to resist, if you want Satan to flee, turn your life over to God. Let him clean you up from the inside out. Get rid of the old things and walk with him and Satan's going to run away. Last part about this spiritual warfare. I think as we share our faith, Satan doesn't like it. That's okay. He shouldn't. And he's already lost. Okay, he's been disarmed and embarrassed. He's been overruled. He's been mastered. He's been rendered powerless. All his hard work has been destroyed. This is the truth that we have in Christ because of the Spirit. So if we want to live out our hope, if we want to have an answer for our hope, the bedrock of that is it's by and through the Holy Spirit. That's the first part of the sermon. And if we forget that and if we just try to put the strategies into motion, you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. But you know what? God wants to work in and through you and me. So that's part one of the sermon. 
we want to have an answer for the hope that we have, let's let God's spirit empower us and give us a boldness that we need to be able to walk as missionaries in the life that he's given us now. Part two of the sermon is what do we do with that? How do we actually start to reach out to people and share, some, share our faith? Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how we can share our stories, our testimonies. Not just our testimony of coming to faith, but the testimonies of how God is working in our lives, okay? And we're going to talk about how we can share the gospel with others. Today is about how do we engage in spiritual conversations? How do we take those moments we have with friends or maybe an acquaintance, and how do we help it go deeper and steer it to the things that matter the most to us? Not just University of Michigan football or whatever is important to us. Yeah, you can talk about that. That's okay, okay? Just we'll see what happens next week. Who's talking? (laughs) That's going to come back and haunt me, I think. (laughs) But here's the thing. Spiritual conversations don't have to be forced and uncomfortable. They can be a natural part of our lives. God wants our faith to overflow in our daily interactions in organic ways. If our faith is real, it will be a part of our ordinary conversations, okay? If our faith is real, we can let it out. We're not forcing our religion on somebody. We're not trying to cram it. This is who we are. This is how I get through life. This is what I'm looking forward to. I think one of the things that helps us as we seek to to engage in in spiritual conversations uh, is this. Are we convinced? Are we convinced, okay, with a heartfelt assurance that not only are our lives better now than before we knew God, but that the lives of others will be better too, even in tough times? And we're not just talking about the life here on earth. But if we are convinced that our life now and the life to come is better because of our relationship with Jesus, and not just better, because as Christians we know, like, where would I be without Christ? But if we look at those around and be like, your, your life would be so much better here and forever if you knew Jesus. And I want you to have that. I think that's what gives us some motivation to step outside of our comfort zones and seek to engage people in spiritual conversations. You see, Peter said this. He said, we can't help but speak about what we've seen and what we've heard. In front of the same group of men that condemned Jesus to die. And they said, hey, we told you, don't speak in the name of Jesus. And he's like, you let God judge. We can't help but speak it. We just got to. We've seen it. We've experienced it. We know what's coming. We know what the spirit means for us right now, the life that we have. We're going to talk about it. I don't care. That's basically what he's saying. So how do we step into engaging in spiritual conversations? A couple things to get off right at the bat, okay? There are different styles of evangelism, okay? It's not one size fits all, okay? We even see this in scripture, okay? Peter, he's often very direct, okay? That ready, fire, aim. Like we see that. He's the one who preaches boldly in Acts chapter 2. Um, before the Spirit came out, sometimes his boldness kind of got him in trouble, okay? But that, that was kind of his personality, and it worked with different people. Paul is a very intellectual approach. Now, it doesn't mean that they're only in this, but it just shows us different ways that the way you're wired and gifted may be different from me, and that's okay. God uses all of them. Paul had a very intellectual approach, very logical and reasoned presentation, even going into the people at Athens and saying, let me tell you about the God that you worship, this altar to an unknown God. I'm going to tell you about him. And he goes and tells them about it. You have the blind man from John chapter 9. He says, you know what? Whether this man, Jesus, is a sinner or not, I don't know. All I know is I was blind and now I see. Here's my personal testimony, my personal experience. 
Matthew's interpersonal approach, okay? He's at the tax collector booth. Jesus says, come and follow me. And Matthew's like, okay. And then he throws a party and he invites all of his sinner friends, right? Tax collectors and sinners. And they have a party with Jesus. He's inviting his people to connect with Jesus. The Samaritan woman. Remember her at the well? Jesus confronts her and her, her sin and says that he's the Messiah. And she goes out and she says, come and hear this man who's told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? She's inviting people to meet him. Or Tabitha, or maybe you know her as Dorcas. She's serving the poor. She's doing good. These are different ways that we will be able to. And these are, this isn't exhaustive. But there are different ways that we can walk out our faith in front of the world. So it's not just one way of engaging with those that are on the outside. So not only are there different types of styles of evangelism, there's different methods of conversations. Sometimes it's more direct, where you're in a conversation and you're not necessarily waiting for the opportunities. We're seeking how we can create them to talk about Jesus. There's also the indirect method, like we're talking with somebody and we're seeing how does this flow into turning it towards God. So when I was talking to the man yesterday, and he's talking about how the world seems hopeless and it's all messed up and all this. That was a way for me to say, I can ask him what gives him hope. Listen to him and, I, and hopefully I have an opportunity to share what gives me hope. There's also an invitational method. I want to invite this person to an outreach, to a seeker-oriented church event or something like that so that they can they can be drawn in and there's not one size that fits all these are different ways that we can connect with people oh and i realize this didn't all fit on this slide there's also different levels of conversation and this was really eye-opening for me i think sometimes we think if somebody isn't a christian we just lump them all in one category they don't believe in jesus they're over here But if we really think about it, and and some of these men in the books that they've written, like not everybody's in the same place. And we don't want to like just put people in groups, but but these two men, they've kind of put out, hey, they have a scale all the way from negative eight, which is don't know anything about the gospel, to zero, which is like they're right at the doorstep to accepting the gospel, to positive five, which they're a mature believer. And the people that we encounter are going to be in all different ranges on that. And perhaps the conversation that we would have with one person isn't the same that we'd have with somebody else. Or Tom Rayner, in his book, The Unchurched Next Door, uh, sorry, you can't see it all, but it's you five, four, three, two, and one, all the way from somebody who's very antagonistic to the scripture to someone who's resistant, neutral, receptive, interested, and curious, and ready, ready to believe. And a spiritual conversation can happen with any of these people. It just may look differently. Maybe somebody who's very antagonistic toward toward God and toward Jesus. Maybe it's simply talking about the beauty of creation and how there's a creator behind it or the power that we see in pointing to God that's behind it just to open their eyes to help them move down that list. You see, spiritual conversations can happen along this whole continuum. And so I think what's important for us is to try to go, okay, God, where is this person at? How are you working in their life? And what can I say to help them in that? So if we want to engage in spiritual conversations, okay, and I have, you don't need to all write this down, okay, if the ushers, if we can hand out, I've got some of this thing, uh, the ushers are going to hand out, I have a cheat sheet for you, okay, um, because here's the thing, I want these things that we take, I want us to be able to get them in our mind that when we're out there, we're ready, so when we're getting ready to interact with people, uh, we, we can pray, God, will you show us how you're working and how you're moving, well, 
some of the overarching principles, talking to people one-on-one. What things can we say that kind of pique their curiosity? They're sharing about something that's important to them. We can share something about important to us, and it's a conversation back and forth. And maybe there's opportunities that in that split second, it's an opportunity to share the gospel. Somebody's like, man, this happened to me, and I, I missed that split second opportunity. Yeah, I hope, I, I hope I'm going up north. And I didn't understand what he meant at first, but I hope I'm going to heaven. And that could have been a great opportunity to say, I know I am. And not because of how good I am and to be able to share the gospel. That was just a split second opportunity. And I think sometimes we underestimate how, how much people are interested in the gospel or in Jesus. So don't underestimate the degree of interest that people may have. The people that we come in contact with, they want to know if what you believe, you really believe it. If it really impacts your life. So in that handout, I have some of these things here because we're kind of going to fly through some of them. But what I want is God is calling us to live the missionary life wherever we're at, right? He's empowered us by his spirit. And now I want to give you some tools that you can use when you're in, in, a, in a different instant like that. Because Colossians 4 or 5 says this, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. I want in my life to make the most of every opportunity I have with those around me, believers and, and non-believers. Because you see, evangelism is discipleship and discipleship is evangelism. It's just one continuum. Someone who doesn't know Christ, you're discipling them so that they do know Christ. And after they know Christ, you're discipling them so that they come to know Christ more and more. And they're getting ready to start the process with somebody else. And so we want to be wise in the way we act so that we can make the most of every opportunity. So what could some of these conversations look like? What are some things that could guide us in our conversation? When we have our authenticity in sharing, when we can really be real with people, when we can share our pain and our brokenness, like we don't have to be like we have everything figured out and we're untouched by the world. Uh, when this man was talking to me to yesterday about all the pain and brokenness in the world, that could be an opportunity to share about how, yeah, I experienced some of that too. And here's the way that God helps me through that. We can share some of our uncertainties. Some people, they, they really like to say, well, how come if God is all powerful and all, all good, how come bad things happen? And instead of just saying, well, here's why, I get that. I struggle when I see the evil in the world. I hate that, that innocent people are hurt and killed and people are sold into sex slavery. Like, I see that and that breaks my heart. And here's how I see how this good, mighty, powerful God, how that can still happen. We don't have to have everything figured out in order to share our faith. We don't have to have the answers to everything. Somebody could ask us a question and we can say, that's a great question. I I don't know the answer to that, but I'll I'll get back to you about that. We can also have opportunities when we're sharing the joys of our life and we can point back to the one who is the, the one who has blessed us, the one who is the author of these joys. Now, if you look at, I think this is the backside of, of, of the, the book, of the pamphlet you got, or the handout. Here are some great questions that we can ask to go deeper in the conversations that, that we have with others, okay? And I encourage you, put this thing in a place that you're going to be able to see it so that when you have the opportunity, these are in front of you. Hey, what are some of the joys you're experiencing in this season of life? And you just listen to them. And it gives an opportunity to point to the one that, is behind the blessings. 
Well, what kind of challenges and struggles are you facing? You know what? How often do you love for somebody just to listen to you when you're sharing your heart? Here's some hard things that are going on. Here's some good things that are going on. That can be a great way for us to connect with others. Or what is your personal history when it comes to faith and to God? Or even one thing, uh, have you ever heard about Jesus? Or when you grew up, did you ever hear about Jesus? Or what do you believe about God now? Or what is your perception of Christians or Christianity or the Christian church? Well, you're, these are good questions that we can ask that people then, we just listen. Where are they at and what is the next step for them? How can God use me to love them? So this, this list that you have, I, I encourage you, look through them. It's not memorizing, it's not the exact words, but it just gives us opportunities where we don't have to be like, this is what it means to share my faith. It can be all of these things. Here's some other good questions. Like, how are you? Like, really, how, how are you? Not just fine. I'm curious, do you ever think about spiritual matters? Or what's your person? Oh, we already did that one. Uh, where are you headed on your spiritual journey? Who, in your opinion, was Jesus Christ? Or who do you think a real Christian is? Or do you ever wonder what happens to us when we die? And so here you're asking them to share what, what they believe and what they think. And it gives you opportunity to see where they're at and how you can share your faith with them. Or I like this one. If you'd ever like to know the difference between all other religions and Christianity, let me know. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Because every religion is about what we do in order to be good with whatever being. Christianity is about what has been done on our behalf, and that's how we're good in God's eyes. And we can explain that to others. Because so many people don't understand what Christianity is all about. And we've talked about these before. Here are some truck size openings, okay? These are great ways that you can share your faith with others, okay? Somebody says, what'd you do this weekend? If you're here on Sunday, tell them about it. Let that be part of your answer. Okay, yesterday we were cutting down some trees and we were, we were hauling them out and, and, and I went to church on Sunday and here's some of the things I learned or here's a connection I had when we were having coffee or something like that. Just share about it. Because almost all of us get asked that question. Hey, what was your weekend? How'd you do? What was your weekend like? What'd you do? Or when you're talking about struggles or joys, when you're viewing the power of beauty and creation, these are great times for us to, instead of just going like, wow, that's an awesome sunset. Like, wow, isn't God an artist? And we see how they respond. We can also take advantage of some of the holidays. Okay? And here I have these on your list, so I'm not going to read through all of them. Okay? Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, right? And uh, so what are some of the things that you're thankful for this Thanksgiving? Or we have Christmas too, right? So what about the baby in the manger? Do you, do you buy into the idea that he's God's son? Like these are ways just to connect with people and hear what they think. And when you hear from them, they're going to want to hear from you too. And so I want us to practice this. I want us to try this. Because you know what? When we say, God, will you show me opportunities? And when we have some of these things as like tools in our tool belt, then, then we have the spirit of God. We're looking for opportunities. And we have our tool belt of some things we've talked. Oh, yeah. I can ask, what are, what are some of your joys in your life? Or what's some struggles? I just desire this to be, to be tools in your tool belt so that you can be effective in sharing your faith. So what does all this mean for us today? As our praise band comes on up, we're going to close out with a song in a bit. But here, here's, here's the so what's, okay? You have that list. Put it somewhere so you, you see it. It's like tools in a toolbox. That's what it is. It's a resource for you. Because you know what? We forget 
and we go like, oh, I was going to ask a question, but I don't know. Well, let's just memorize some of them maybe. But number one, keep the evangelism fire burning. Keep eternity in mind, like the inheritance you have, the hope you have now. What's in store for those who don't know Christ for all of eternity? We keep those things in mind and we realize just how important it is to share our faith and pray. Pray for the people on your list. Pray for the people that you encounter. Pray for opportunities to share your faith. Keep making space to connect. If we're not connecting with people that aren't Christians, how are we going to have the opportunity to share our faith? And then here's, here's a challenge I have for you. We have that list of the five people we wrote down. Okay, if you don't have it, if you lost it, make it again. Okay? And I want you to think about where are they at in that scale? Antagonistic toward Christian faith, ambivalent, resistant. Where are they at and where might I be praying and where might conversations need to go? Because conversations may be different for each person in that list. I know one person on my list, I know where they're at, is they just feel like it doesn't matter what I do, I'm just going to hell. Because they just feel too bad. And so I know I need to be praying, God, show them that your love is bigger than any of their sin. Other people, the prayer may need to be, God, help them to know they're not good enough to get into heaven. Completely opposite. And then here's a, pick a few questions on that list. To like get into your tool belt here, not just your tool belt and your Bible, okay? But your tool belt here, that when you come across somebody this week, you can ask them and you can listen and you can hear some of their journey and that gives you the freedom to share yours. And they'll, they'll want to listen to you because you listen to them. Finally, last thing. I know we got a whole slide full of it. Think about something today that happened in the service, a song that you sing, connecting with somebody out there in fellowship, something in Sunday school, maybe something from the sermon that if somebody says, hey, how was your weekend? You can share about that. Because you see, you're an ambassador. You're a witness. You're a missionary. Wherever you're at, that's our calling. And guess what? We're not just thrown out there and be like, good luck. God gives us his spirit. He's working within us. And I want to give you a little bit of some tools that you can use too. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the love that you have for the world. Jesus, I thank you that you came to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I pray that you will give us eyes to see just how great a gift your gospel is. Give us eyes for those that are around us, God. Give us your love for them. Help us to love them with your love and desire them to experience the hope we have, the inheritance we have. And God, will you help us to step out of our comfort zone to share about you with others? Spirit, go before us to prepare those. God, will you prepare us to share? And God, will you give us opportunities to simply ask some questions, hear people's hearts, and share our faith with others? And God, I pray for kingdom fruit in and through this. In your name we pray. Amen.